This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, says Moscow has started another phase of its assault on Ukraine. The defense ministry in Moscow says missiles and artillery have struck over a thousand military targets in eastern Ukraine. Civilians have not been spared. And Russia continues its bombardment of the strategic port city of Mariupol, where many fear troops will soon raise the city. In Washington, the Biden administration is expected to send more military aid on top of the $800 million package announced last week. Ben Hodges is the former commanding general of the U.S. Army in Europe. He is now with the Center for European Policy Analysis, and I spoke with him this morning while he was on a visit to Istanbul, Turkey. Now, it looks like Russia is trying to split Ukraine, take its east, separate it from its center and west, and it's focused a lot on port cities in the Azov Sea. The southern port city of Mariupol is in ruins, water, electricity is out, and accounts from inside are devastating. But Ukrainian forces are refusing to surrender, even with an ultimatum from Russia, where Russia says surrender or face elimination. What do you expect will happen in the coming hours or days with Mariupol? Well, I think people are going to be studying the Defenders Mariupol for decades. What an incredible example of uh, human resolve and determination, but also what an example of the ineptitude and the pitiful state of the Russian military. I mean, Mariupol should have been one of the first cities to fall when you think of all the advantages the Russians had, control of the Azov Sea, proximity to all of their forces up in um, Donbass, in northern part of Donbass, as well as in Crimea. Instead, here we are eight weeks later, and these incredible people, civilians as well as military, refusing to surrender. Um, so this is, this is a real test of will, uh, and as well as skill. Awful lot of Russian forces are tied up around Mariupol right now. So if Mariupol ever does fall, that would release some more troops for the Russians. But that doesn't mean they'll all be fresh and ready to go into a new fight. And of course, it would clean up some of their logistics eventually to be able to move in that region. But I tell you, I think this has highlighted to me, I was looking at one of these famous maps that everybody sees now. And here we are at eight weeks into the fight since February 24th. Mariupol is still holding out. And Russia has only been able to capture, seize, occupy a, a sliver of Ukrainian territory. Mm. And I think they're at their end of their rope. They, they don't have tens of thousands of more troops and, and new stuff coming in. I mean, they're, they're all in. I think we're looking at a Russia that is going to collapse as a state within the next four or five years. Collapse sanction. That's Absolutely. Mm. We're going to see the breakup of the Russian Federation. I mean, they have not been able to capture or defeat Ukraine. And I think what we're seeing are signs of the sickness inside Russia. Are the events happening today likely to determine the extent of Moscow's success? Yeah, I think you're right, Leila. Um, I think this is a decisive part of this conflict. Now, just one point to clarify, you know, the war has been going on for eight years since 2014 when they invaded Ukraine and there was fighting in Donbass and, and they've occupied Crimea illegally. But eight weeks in terms of this latest horrific phase. But this this war went much further. Yeah. And so the Kremlin has to be very concerned about 
what's going to happen. I mean, it will be impossible to hide the fact that somewhere between 10, 15,000 Russian soldiers and sailors have been killed. Whatever the exact number is, we'll never know. But it's it's clearly going to be, you know, upwards of 10,000. And, and this is going to continue. The Ukrainians are going to continue to make Russia bleed. It will be impossible to hide this from uh, those thousands of Russian families and the rest of the public. Now, interestingly, most of the Russian troops don't come from Moscow or St. Petersburg. So the army is made up of people from the hinterlands uh, and different ethnicities. So the Russian elites, if you will, where it's most visible, they still they still are not really seeing all this. And so we've got a we've got a job to do. You know, providing truth to Russians is, is just as important as providing weapons to Ukrainians. And, and I think this should be part of our overall effort. Retired general and former commander of the U.S. Army in Europe, Ben Hodges. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, Layla, thank you for the privilege. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.